Good morning, everyone. This is the show right here on WNHH 103.5 FM, a subsidiary or an arm of the New Haven Independent.org. We stream so you can let everybody know they can find us at WNHH.com. And my guest today is a New Haven native. He has been away from here for quite some time, but once you hear his voice and once you hear his name, you'll know that he is the Michael Scott that you knew back in the day. <laughs> so Michael Scott is the founder of Parents Coaching Parents Network, and he's going to educate us, if you will, about bringing your daughter, your son, your not guardian but if you're the guardian of a young person he's going to tell you or at least give you some pointers as to how things can work in regard to getting your child into the professional athlete arena so michael scott welcome thanks for being on the show well thank you michelle Uh, how are you this afternoon i am great i am great i am great so tell me how how did this get started? What did you do or what was your catalyst? Because let's let's give a little backstory here. Your son played in the NBA, still does. Yes. Uh, he, he currently plays in the NBA. Um, I've been playing, this is his fifth season. Uh, and it's been a long, long, long road to uh, get to this point. And is that the reason why you founded Parents Coaching Parents Network? Uh, yes. Yes, that and for many more reasons why the Parents Coaching Parents Network was founded. Um, if I may, just go back a ways. Sure. Know, back to the days of Hill House High School, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and for those of you who, who realize that, yes, this is Mike, uh guy that probably didn't probably didn't think much of but anyway um <laughs> yeah i i think back to those days where you know i've seen a number of athletes that were talented enough to play at the college level mm-hmm. but didn't end up going anywhere mm-hmm. uh run that fast forward and i see the same thing that happens today you know either they get a late start in middle school uh junior high school and when they first get into high school, they get their grades ain't right. You know, they get discouraged for whatever reason. So I said, okay, if I can figure out a way to get the parents educated mm-hmm. and they can assist their children, then now we're looking at a win-win situation. Well, I think, too, you have a lot of kids who have that dream to play a professional sport to being in a professional league. And you also have parents who buy into their child's dream. But I think a lot of times people don't have the information. They don't know how to go about routing their child or getting their child down that path. So talk a little bit about your experience in doing that. Well, as far as, uh, Assisting my son, my son is uh, Mike Scott, who 
uh, played with the Atlanta Hawks up until about probably about a month ago, and then the Hawks traded him to the Suns, and the Suns waived him. So now he's like in between. He's a free agent now, uh, waiting to see who's going to be the next call, which we expect that to happen here uh, most shortly. Matter of fact, he has a couple workouts coming up, uh, one this weekend, I, uh-huh. I believe um, another one or so within the next uh, week or two. So, but, you know, even thinking forward, you know, you can't really plan for or anticipate your child making it to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to take them step by step. You know, I, I, I think of my son playing middle school. Uh, the middle school coach told me, well, yeah, he may be able to make the high school team, but right now he's a little bit silly. You know, he, he's kind of goofy. Oh, well, mm-hmm. he was having fun. So right. kids are going to do the things that they do when they're having fun. And um, so just getting to the high school level, uh, you know, he got there. You know, he wasn't really accepted because he wasn't, you know, from this area, uh, which is currently in the Virginia area. He wasn't from the area. So as a result, he wasn't really accepted. He wasn't one of the guys that grew up playing with. You know, everybody mm-hmm. from elementary school all the way through to uh, the current high school stages. So as a result, he struggled a little bit and uh, it got discouraging. And so then he, just like I've seen in Hill House and other schools uh, throughout the years, you know, you have that, oh, don't worry about it, man. That, that coach, he didn't know what he was doing anyway. And so he started letting himself slip. Mm-hmm. And as a result, when he started slipping, your know, grades started slipping. And so uh, we had to tighten up on that first. Yeah. And in all actuality, he didn't get a chance to play high school ball until the end of his sophomore year. Wow. Uh, was the very first time he stepped uh, foot on the varsity floor uh, for one of the last two games of the season. One was a makeup game and one was a district game. And so he had a chance to play in both of them, had a good time. Um, you know, scored some points, uh, actually was the leading scorer in both games. Um, and then turned around and went from there and played out his junior year and senior year. Uh, all things being said, all things being done, went on to play at the university of Virginia, had a uh, great season there, great four years, actually five years there because, his senior year when he thought he was getting ready to close the door on that chapter of his life ended up having a foot injury mm. and that required some surgery. And, uh, they agreed to keep him for an extra year and keep him on scholarship and allow him to come back and play that extra year because they realized that, you know, he was going to be a major cog in what they was trying to do. So he came back, had a successful year and then 2012 was drafted Uh, in the second round to the Atlanta Hawks. But now here's the thing. How serious do you take it when someone says your child has potential and you see your child, you also know your child, you know their strengths, you know their challenges. So when someone approaches you, is it because all of a sudden you have more people approaching you talking about, your child's ability, or is it something where you say, you know what, I see this in him, so I'm going to start 
talking to people about conditioning and strengthening and, you know, viability and trying not to injure yourself, you know, a way you can play without being injured. Or does it just happen organically? Does it just develop that way? Well, you know, as you know, many, many parents often live vicariously through their children. Correct. And, and, and that's and, why and, I brought and, that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and sad to say they, they chase a dream that isn't theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I have stressed with my son and still to this day, uh, I'll say to him, have fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing for me, for him to have fun while he's out there on the floor. Whether or not it, it, it's a win, whether or not it's a loss, at the end of the day, if you're having fun, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I went on to do from there, I'll take it one step further. You know, I asked him, did he learn anything from the game? From that particular contest, that particular day, what did you learn? Now, of course, as now that he's older, our, our conversation has become minimum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I, uh, I hold up that, you know, because he realized, okay, hey, now I'm really getting paid to do this here. So, you know, right. I ain't got no time for your assessment. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I want to make sure, <laughs> exactly, I want to make sure that he was having fun. And, and, and doing that, yes, you have folks that come to you and you have folks that uh, try to sell you these pipe dreams and things of that nature. But parents, I, I want to advise you. I, I want to be your consultant on this note. I want to tell you, look back, see your child's talent. You make an assessment. Then you get an assessment from your high school coach. Mm-hmm. And if he plays on uh, you know, any other sports program, and, and, and this, this happens throughout sports. Well, now we talk about football, baseball, basketball, track and field, whatever. Right. Get another assessment from a third coach, and and if need be, get an assessment from somebody that has reached that level. Mm-hmm. And then once you got that assessment from those people, and you trust and, and value what they have shared with you, then from there, then you can say, okay, hey, my child has the potential to go on to do. X, Y, Z, play at the college level. My child has the potential to play at the professional level. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I heard people talking in high school, hey, uh, hey your son look like he's looking pretty good. Hey, he's going to be a pro one day. I didn't put no value on that. Mm-hmm. My first and foremost thing was to make sure at the end of the day that he obtained that degree, yes, which he did in December of 2011. Um, so once he, he got that degree, everything that came after that was just gravy. You know, it wasn't, you know, okay, Hey, you got your degree now. I'm happy for you. All right. Now let's start chasing this, this professional, uh, uh, career. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if, if he decided at that point, Hey dad, I think I'm done. I'm tired with it. Then he would have been done and tired with it. Uh-huh. And I would, I would have looked at him and said, okay, okay, what you going to do next? You would have respected because, his decision. Exactly, exactly. 
and and I've told him that several times over. You know, all the way through the process, what school he decided to go to, uh, what person, people he decided to put around him as far as his agent, financial advisor, all these other folks that he have around him. I said, let me tell you this, son. This is your life you have to live. Now, if I have a question with it, I'm going to ask you. But at the same time, whether or not you sink or whether or not you swim, I'm still going to be here to support you. Right. In the end, I still have your back on whatever decision you decide to make. Even going to the University of Virginia. That wasn't the first choice that I had in my mind. <laughs> but what was, was your first, first choice? choice? Uh, there was another school down in North Carolina. Not UNC, of course not. And not Duke. Uh, but there was another school, Wake Forest, actually, mm-hmm. down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Because I had established a better bond and a better communication link with the coaching staff at the time. Now, is that important? Because well, some people say, yes, it is, or it can only go so far. I'll, I'll put it like this. When you have a child that's an athlete and really have the ability to play the game mm-hmm. and you see that there may be a potential that uh, he or she can go on and play at the next level. Now, when I say next level, that could be overseas or that could be a Canadian league as far as football is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um then I place value on the coaching staff. Now, those in academia would tell you place value on the academic program. And you're going there to this prestigious school Mm -hmm. and all the bells and whistles are going to be there because when you walk out of the doors of that school and if you're not able to do this and not able to do that, then there's a problem. Okay. Well, we're talking about an athlete. We're talking about a very unique character. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a strong potential leader that can come back and do wonderful things in our community. So when we're talking about someone of that nature, we have to make sure that anybody that has the ability to influence his or her life is going to influence it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So as a result, when I look at a coach, when I sit down and talk to a coach, or when we did our, you know, talking to the coaches, coaches coming to the school to see them, so on and so forth, you know, there was a few things I looked at the coach, and I got a feel for whether or not the coach would have been a right fit. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't feel as though that coach was the right fit, then I would have a, a real, we would, I would have to have a long, long talk with him if he decided that that was a school he wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Parents, you, you, you may have experienced this. If, if you have a child that's in the recruiting process, the coach comes to the school or comes to your home and realize that you're a very family-orientated uh, family group. You and your son or your son, your daughter, your wife, or whatever, your, your husband and wife, and and all your children, very family-orientated. So the coach will come there, and he'll use a line such as, you know, his family is very involved with the program. 
whether or not it's with the football program or whether or not it's with the basketball program, whether, you know, his folk, his family is very involved. You know, his wife cooks a big dinner for the team occasionally and everybody comes over to his house, so on and so forth. Okay, uh, that, that sounds like a very good person. But my question as a dad, and just it, it just man's observation, I look down at your hand and you don't even have your wedding ring on. Mm. That that that's a question to me. That's yeah. a red flag to me. Yeah. Because you're out here on the road, you're trying to promote family, but you don't have your wedding ring on. Help me understand, <laughs> you know, what's going on here. <laughs> and then as we walk around the school, you are looking at every teacher that you believe to be single or looks good to you in your eye. Hmm. Again, there's another red flag. Right. And when you make it known that you are a ladies man, okay, there's a big red flag. Because you just sat and talked to me and told me and my son that you're family oriented. Your family supports the program. You know, you, you do a lot of things and your wife helps the team out and y'all do a lot of things as a family and y'all bring the boys into your into your family, into your home. But you're doing little things like this here. Those are red flags that me as a man would see, whereas my son may not have seen. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the character of the coach is very important. So how, how involved should a parent be? Because, you know, you have people like the balls. <laughs> you have people like Cam Newton's dad, you know, and... Sometimes the blowback is, well, you know, these are black men and uh, they're just trying to make a way for their sons. And then on the other hand, you get folks who are like, well, they should be involved and they should be loudly involved because their sons are about to be in the NBA or the NFL. So how does a parent stay involved or be involved, but at the same time, as you said a few minutes ago, really, this is your child's decision. Where do you find that balance? Okay. <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting that uh, we, we, we got around to uh, that particular part of the conversation. <laughs> um, you know you you look at things that you have instilled in your child you look at things that you have used as examples to help shape and mold your child and your child is watching you and watching other folks around you and they're at the point where they're saying, okay, hey, you know, you know my dad's a good character. My, my dad is, is really, 
upright man. You know, he 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 stands on a firm foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've I've never heard him uh, lie. I've never heard him been questioned. You know, um, on, on different subjects. Where is our level of involvement as parents? That was one uh, another reasons why I formed the Parents Culture Parents Network to help parents understand that they do have an involvement. And your involvement must be known. Your involvement must be seen. And your presence must be felt, especially at the middle school, high school, and early college stage. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to go overboard? You know, if you're going overboard and you have a motive that is, is going to propel your son to an even higher level, as long as you don't jeopardize the character, the integrity, and your son's opportunity and career, then I say you, you do what you do. Mm-hmm. As, as, a, as a parent, as a dad, as a mom, whatever. I haven't actually had a chance to sit down and talk to a number of parents that I know mm-hmm. that have children um, that currently play. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of them just, just this past weekend. A uh, young man that's from this area I had a chance to talk to his parents. Uh, he plays with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen another young man that plays with, uh, actually his mom and dad, uh, he plays with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, another young man, I forgot what team he just recently got traded to, uh, another NFL quarterback, um, EJ Manuel, young man, great young man, you know, and I know all, all these parents and I watch them. And I interact with them and we talk on you know, various occasions about different things. And if I feel as though that I'm about to step out of bounds and out of line, then I may reach out to one of them for some advice or, or some assistance or just for some conversation. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I'm not going to, as a dad, you know, and even as my son's mom is not going to jeopardize his career by doing or saying anything that may come back and haunt him later on or be questionable later on in the eyes of what we have today, mainstream media and social media. But now when you say that, I think about Richard Williams, Venus and Serena's dad, or I think about Tiger Woods' dad. And people really did not like Richard Williams for whatever reason. And he raised two true winning athletes, talented women. And and, and I would say Richard Williams is is, is my kind of guy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh And and I say that because Richard Williams had a goal and had a focus for his daughters. And he knew their talent. 
He knew their talent. He tested it to the nth degree. And in doing so, didn't shy away from what folks were saying about him. Mm-hmm. Just made sure that his children, the two girls, was able to get out there, have fun, enjoy their life. Now, if they decide to retire tomorrow, they have over super succeeded probably his expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he had never put them in the place where anything may have been questionable. You know, you, you mentioned LeVar um, Ball. And in doing so, you know, I applaud the, the, the gentleman for his, his conversation and the way he's going about his brilliant marketing strategy. But at some point in time, you have to be cautious. Mm, okay. You know, you have to be cautious because we all know in, in, in this world and in this society, things can be spent any way we want it to be spent. Mm. And if it turns out that the young man turns out to be the biggest bust that ever stepped on the NBA floor, now what? You have two of her sons that their career has just been flushed down the toilet. Because of one child's actions. Exactly. And, and not only because of that one child, because of the approach that was taken by that parent prior to that child even having the opportunity to show himself. So it's, it's, it is a balance. It is yes. a balance. Definitely. Definitely. We have to be involved to some degree where we're showing enough support. And I, and I like to use the hashtag, be an advocate. Uh, we must be our child's biggest advocate. Yeah. That's, that's not an optional thing. Right. That's a must. That's a must I, if you're a parent, period. Exactly. Exactly. But being a parent of an athlete, I, I think it adds that extra bit of mm mm-hmm. into it. Because of the simple fact that our children are being pulled on in a number of ways by a number of different folks. You know, you have the high school coach that wants a piece of them. Mm-hmm. You have the AAU coach that may want a piece of them. You know, you, you have some make-believe street agent that want a piece of them. You got a college coach that uh, is out there that, uh, you know, he's trying to figure out what's going on. You know, and they, they're all trying to make sure that they maintain his attention. So, at the end of the day, when they step into their house or, you know, when they want their quiet time or whatever, somebody has to be there to be the buffer. Mm-hmm. To say, okay, go ahead, son. Take a couple of days off or go ahead, son. You know, go ahead and get you some rest or whatever. And we'll get back at it whenever you're ready to in a couple of days or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just to say how far I took that attitude, that mentality, during the time that my son was going through the recruiting period, all all calls came into my phone. Mm-hmm. He had his own phone, but all calls came into my phone. That way, we were able to screen the calls that he wanted to 
uh, deal with and the ones that he didn't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he heard me call the coach's name, he'll step into my room or step into the room that I'm standing in. He hear me call the coach's name. If he shook his head, no, that means he ain't want to talk. I don't care what that coach had to say. If he didn't want to talk, then he didn't talk to him. But if he felt like he wanted to talk and he stuck his hand out for the phone, then I handed him the phone. So what's what's that process look like, Michael? You know, you, you, you're in your senior year of high school, and everybody's been saying what a talent you are, how well you play. You, you know, you, you may hold some records, you may have fantastic statistics. So you make a decision because we basically know just from watching ESPN, you're a sports person like I am, then you know how the, the letter signing process goes, but then what Uh happens, you know, what's next? What, what should parents expect? Well, I, I, to, to be fair with any parents that may have a question with this here, I have to back you up a little bit. Because in order to properly prepare yourself, we as parents have to start thinking and trying to pull these pieces together. Coming out of middle school, going into high school. Okay. Because if we wait until that senior year, which the last few individuals I've worked with, last few uh, parents and sons and I've worked with over the last year, year and a half, have been young men that have waited until that senior year. Mm-hmm. Many folks will tell them, well, you waited too long. Study long, study wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll tell them, no, you, this, there's still opportunity, especially if you still have that skill. Um, so I back you up to coming out of middle school, getting into high school. Okay. Because there's, there's certain blocks that you like to check. And as the NCAA tightens up its schools, uh, there's certain things that you have to check in order to make sure that your child is even on track. And what are those things? You don't want to get to the senior year and they're missing some credits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one thing you, you want to start taking that SAT or the ACT, the standardized test, mm-hmm. you know, don't wait until you see you to start taking those tests. SAT. You can take the SAT as many times as possible. As many times as possible. Some folks will wait until their senior year. They'll take it that two or three times in the senior year or maybe even take it just once mm-hmm. and come out with that score and then been stuck with that score. Now you're trying to match your GPA with whatever score you came out with on your SAT. But you take it as many times as possible. Now you can use the best score mm-hmm. in order to get to where you need to go. Now you know uh, where your GPA should stand in order for you to make yourself eligible. Okay. Uh, another thing that you want to do, you want to start getting exposure. Parents, I like to tell them this all the time. I like to make sure that we understand this all the time. And this is how 
our role comes into play. You have to look at the number of, you know, when I grew up in New Haven, there was only three high schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many there is now. Uh, a <laughs> couple every, of more. Every time. Every Couple time of more besides home, the yeah, besides the big three. Yeah, every time every time I go home, I, I hear about another school. So <laughs> I, I'm not sure how many there is now, and, and some of the ones that was there back then, I think is I think Lehigh is gone. Correct. Correct? We have career. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, but if you think about the number of high schools that's just in your particular city, and then you think about the number of colleges that's in your particular state you know coaches aren't gonna and and coaches aren't gonna be able to get out to see every athlete at every high school competition mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen so to get that exposure you want to go to and 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 doing this you want to also make sure you know when the recruiting calendar says this is the evaluation period Okay. And what does that mean? Evaluation period is when a coach is either out at your institution or he's out at a common venue, such as some sports plex, uh, such as the, um, uh, what, what's that? Uh, is that called the field house? The new attachment yes. on Hill House? Yes. Okay. Such out there at the field house and he's out there to evaluate. Watch your child play in a week, uh, a weekend, you know, uh, tournament or whatever, and mm-hmm. you actually get a chance to do evaluation of your child's skill set. Okay. Now, in saying that, you must know the recruiting calendar in order to be familiar with when he can be out there and when he's not going to be out there. I'll tell you right now: during the month of June, starting tomorrow, there's no coaches out there. The next time the coaches will hit the floor to evaluate any child playing the game of basketball, with the exception of NAIA programs who can come out any time during the year, will be after the 4th of July. Mm. So how does somebody get a hold of that calendar? Oh, you go to um, www.eligibilitycenter.org. Okay which is the NCAA's uh, website for, uh, that's their clearinghouse. We remember it called the clearinghouse back in the day. Right. But it's, it's now called the eligibility, eligibility center and look up the recruiting calendar or just simply Google it. And NCAA, NCAA men's basketball recruiting calendar. And it also, does it not let you know when they can and cannot talk to your child? Yes. It has the contact period. It has evaluation period. It has a dead period. It has a quiet period. Okay. And lets you know when they're going to be out there and when they're not going to be out there. And if and if you reach out to us here at the Parents Coach to Parents Network, we can email you, uh, send it to you via text message, or a actual list that the NCAA puts out every year of men's basketball tournaments, camps, and clinics that they have sanctioned. Mm-hmm. And if your child's event is not on that list, it hasn't been blessed by the NCAA. Okay. And if it hasn't been blessed by the NCAA, then that individual shouldn't be out there 
uh, getting evaluated. Okay. All right. Now, like I said, for NAIA programs, you know, NAIA schools have the opportunity to come out anytime during the year, but their budget isn't normally as big as an NCAA uh, school or institution. Okay. And what is the NAIA? NAIA is the national. Um, oh, man. Now you, now you caused me to, to <laughs> draw a blank. Um, oh, National Athletic Intercollegiate Association. Okay. Yeah. All right. NAIA. I knew which, one which, of those A's a, was an association. Which, which is a smaller version of the NCAA. Okay. And they have Division One, Division Two, and Division Three as well. Okay. Um, but their budget, you know, you don't see them on TV and, you know, but hey, there's nothing wrong with their programs. I've seen uh, young folks go from NAIA schools into the, uh, you know, later on switch over to go to uh, a Division One program or Division Two program and go as far as making it into a professional ranks. Well, I mean, so, Stephon Curry went to Davidson in hey, North Carolina. <laughs> You know, exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm familiar with that because I am an A&T Aggie, so I know Davidson, and um, yeah. it's a small school, very nice campus, you know, and it's a place where you could probably really be focused and play basketball without, you know, you, you sort of fly under the radar because you're not at Carolina, you're not yes. at Duke. You know, you're not at Wake Forest, you're not at State. For people that don't know, that's North Carolina State. You know, and, and because that ACC piece is very, 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 uh, very public in North Carolina. I remember yeah. being in school and them taking off soap operas for <laughs> ACC regional basketball at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly. You know, before they were even doing that sort of thing here. They were definitely doing it there. So it's it's a different type of um, atmosphere. I, I believe the heart of the ACC is right there in Carolina. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you, you have the UNC, you have the Duke, right. you have the uh, NC State, you have Wake Forest. You know, you have four of the prominent programs of the ACC right, right there, there in the Carolina. Yeah. And probably... Yeah. 20 to 30, maybe even, I wouldn't even say probably less than 40 miles from one another. Exactly. Exactly. So that makes things very intense. As a matter of fact, I'll be on the campus of Duke next week. Uh, And I know Duke is like driving down Dixwell Avenue. Correct. And I can go from Duke on one end of Dixwell coming out of Hamden, right right all the way down to about to where the green is at. And I'll be on the campus of UNC. Correct. Tobacco exactly. Road, they talk call exactly. it. Exactly. So in in doing that, once you once you get that eligibility eligibility calendar and once your child has been evaluated, what's the next step? Well, once your child has been evaluated. You've taken a look at the eligibility calendar. You, you, you've done, uh, you know, started taking your SATs or ACTs. You know, next thing you may want to start looking at some institution, mm-hmm. go on some visits. You know, you don't have to wait for somebody to offer you a visit. Take a couple other official visits. Mm-hmm. That way you get a chance to see the campus firsthand. 
you get a chance to actually see uh, what's going on on the campus without them rolling out the red carpet and doing the dog and pony show for you. Uh-huh. You get a chance to see firsthand and get a chance to talk to whoever you want to talk to, not them having a bunch of uh, stage folks come out there and talk to you. You get a chance to talk to whoever you want to talk to, and and uh, it makes for a great opportunity, a great weekend. I've done it myself. You know, I've taken my son out and had my youngest son in the car with me. We left out on a Friday night, and we got back midnight on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. We went from uh, NC State to Wake Forest to Clemson. Uh, where else did we hit? I think that was about it all on, on, on the, during that little two day time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was a great trip, great trip. Uh, so it was an unofficial visit, but we had a chance to see the campus without, you know, them rolling out the red carpet and, you know, giving us the, the customized show or cosmetic show, as I like to put it. Um, so for our kids. So once you make the visit, you've done the eligibility does the coach reach out to you or do you reach out to the coach or do you, you know, are you getting in touch with the athletic director? How does that start to go? If that's a school that your child is interested in? Well, there's, there's a few more other pieces that you'd have to add into there. Um, you know, and doing your exposure, mm-hmm. you know, we as parents, or, you know, we can hire somebody or we can attempt to do it ourselves. And if we attempt to do it ourselves, you know, you, you, you'll come out a little bit better. We're also looking at putting together some highlight of some, you know, good points, bad points of, of what our child can do or whatever. Because uh-huh. that coach that we or that your child may be interested in may not be in the gym that particular day. So you can re- reach out to the coach. And you can start, and actually, this is where I say you can't wait until your senior year because you want to have a lot of this done prior to the senior year. Okay. So coming out of your sophomore year, going into your junior year, you start sending out, you know, little pieces of correspondence via email. Nowadays, the process is so simple. Only thing you need to learn how to do is send out an email. Mm. Uh, and I, I have a form letter that I supply to many parents and I just simply, uh, just let them know, fill in the blanks where needed, change a few words here, a few words there, you know, add in a link or two, boom, you got your letter. Uh, and, and sending out this letter, it may have some of the child's accolades, mm-hmm. you know, it may have some of the child's, uh, strengths on there. You know, uh, what they do, how fast they run this event, what's their bench press, uh, what's their vertical jump, um, you know, all these different little things that may have on there. Uh, did he receive any awards, MVP, mm-hmm. team captain, whatever. All these things are listed, you know, on this letter. And then, prior to closing, you add in a link to where that coach could just simply click on that link and now opens up to your highlight video okay. that you don't place up on YouTube okay. or wherever you want to place it or some other site. If you want place it on YouTube folks, 
That's my recommendation. <laughs> Don't pay nobody to put your information up there. You get somebody to make your highlight video, put it up on YouTube. You'll get more hits and more looks instead of having to go through one of these uh, highlight reels, extraordinaire sites to uh, just to have your child seen because they'll get to the point where if you're not doing it the right way or you all of a sudden don't pay them, then guess what? Your site is not going to be visible to yeah. anybody. Yeah. We've got so, five minutes. So yes, once, once that's done, then do you, do you meet with someone? Do you, you know, once you get that letter out there, they should contact you if they are interested. Correct. Yes. You know, and, and this is not just you throw a letter out and then you sit back and wait. No, we got to do some follow-up, parents. Okay. And this is where we come in at. We as parents must be able to do our due diligence and follow up and help our children track who you sent the letter to. Because you may send out about 30 letters. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't going to send out five letters and think that, okay, all five of these coaches are going to call you. Right. You, wanna, you may send out about 30 letters, and then you have to help them track who responded back? And if somebody responded back, okay, you start prioritizing them. Mm-hmm. And then that's who you respond back to. And that's who you start thinking about, well, do I want to go visit this campus? Do I go take me an unofficial visit to the campus? There's a quick recommendation. If the campus is within five hours from where you live, make that drive on your own, do an unofficial visit. If it's somewhere where you're going seven hours, five hours plus, then you may want to wait or uh, set you up a flight or something like that mm-hmm. uh, to get out there or when you get your official visits. So for right now, you go ahead and start setting up your visits once that uh, school reaches back to you. And then if they're really interested, they'll come out to your school. That's when they'll start coming out to your school. Okay. To sit down and talk with you, talk to your coach, talk possibly talk to your guidance counselor, see what your grades really look like. And then you can go from there. Mr. Scott, I hate to end this conversation, but I got two more minutes. So what advice, because you've given a lot of information. What's the Uh one thing that you think parents should know when they're starting in this process? Parents, one thing I'd like for you to know is everybody's child is not going to be a division one player. One thing I do, the eyeball test, I tell every parent, look at your child. Look at his height, look at his size, look at his weight, look look and see, you know, what's his position. And then look at the roster in which the school he or she is trying to go to. If you see your child's dimensions on that roster, that coach is more than likely recruiting that child in that position. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. That's it. So if somebody wants to reach you, what do they do? Uh, you can find Parents Coach Parents Network on Facebook. Uh, also, check us out. Anybody listening to this here, please go ahead and like us on Twitter, PCP Network. We're also on Instagram, PCP Network. And you can reach me directly at area code 757-372-6338. Again, this is Michael Scott, 757-372-6338.
And Michael Scott, I thank you so much. We're going to have to have you back because I have so much that I still want to ask you. And I know my producer would kill me if I went over time. But I appreciate you being here this morning. This was very informative. It was very eye-opening for me about, especially about the eligibility part um, and how that works with the calendar. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And this has been the show this Thursday morning, and you'll hear it again at 6 o'clock today on 103.5 FM WNHHLP. I'm Michelle Turner, and this has been the show.